0: Oh my goodness, it's the 50th story to be commentated upon in happy times and places. This series in which I, Toby Haydoke, get a special guest to choose a Doctor Who story, to watch it and select in secret their favourite things about it. I then have to watch, commentate and guess what those things might be.
1: Toby, Chris Cassell here, freelance animator and graphic designer. Um, Thanks so much for asking me to be involved for this. Here I am in the dark tower behind me, the four poster bed of Rassilon. Um, If you hadn't guessed by my clues so far, the story I'd like to nominate is the 1983 20th anniversary special, The Five Doctors. Um, I would have seen this story back in 1990, so almost 30 years, well, 30 years ago. Wow. Um, on this VHS tape here with some lovely artwork there by Alistair Pearson. And I watched the McCoy run at the time and I was aware there were other doctors, um, but I had no idea that they could coexist um, until I watched this and it blew my tiny mind. Um, I love a lot about the story, so it's going to be a bit tricky to condense that all into, um, well, a selection of five, but I'm going to do my best.
0: Well, hello, everybody. Well, this is an epic. I'm going through the night because it's quite late already. But uh, Bernard is asleep at the other end of the sofa. I wonder if he'll shift with all the excitement. My other half has been packed off up to bed. And I am celebrating 50, 50 uh, releases of Happy Times and Places. That means nothing, because some of the uh, releases have been six episodes, and some have been four, and some have been one, if it's a modern day who. This is a sort of synthesis of all those things, because it's one episode, but it's a long one. Uh, and, I mean, my equivalent, I suppose, of, because I can release this these in any order, you see, because I've got a sort of backlog of. Uh, you know whoever sent me their their nominations um but i thought for the 50th uh i would you know go for the the story that is the big anniversary story for me which is the five doctors chris uh, who saw it after chris a lovely guy by the way uh saw it after it was uh first broadcast uh, on vhs so it was already a relic for him Whereas I saw it n- not on the day of broadcast, uh, we might talk about that. Uh, but uh, a kind friend from school uh, videoed it, and then I went to stay at his for the weekend, which meant sacrificing a weekend at home. Because um, I was well, let's get it. I was at, I was at boarding school, but not because we were, we had money. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, my dad left us fairly sort of destitute uh but he was from uh, the medical profession and a charity that looked after bereaved doctors families although we weren't bereaved we were abandoned but let's not get into that um uh offered me a mere free place at a at a school that meant that mum could go back to work but i had to sleep there and i got to come home for weekends only not even weekends saturday afternoon and sunday morning pretty much um not a terribly happy existence if i'm honest um especially when doctor who was on in the weekdays and i had to get my friend to tell me what had happened because uh, there was there was no you know uh, we, you know we didn't know people with videos but there was a kid at school um i i think my mum must have arranged it um or well, maybe not anyway we knew that this friend of mine had uh had videoed it and so I was allowed to go and stay at his for the weekend and watched it and I think I watched it a couple of times um but it's a very special story for me and it's then one that I got to see a lot because it turns out the school had videotaped it and on sports day afternoons um it was sort of in the common room it was just sort of playing on a loop so I actually got to watch it quite a lot and could quote it free Sarah Jane if you move we're dead um and Yet I haven't seen this and I am watching the transmitted version because then for years after the special edition, that was the version I watched because it was new and it didn't have an embarrassing black triangle. It had a state of the art blob of ice cream. Um, So, oh, all sorts of things to conjure with this. And Chris, lovely, lovely Chris, um, I also associate with... uh, with uh, recordings, because when I was touring my one-man show, i say, my Doctor Who scarf, when I went to Kikody, um it was the same night that Midnight was on. I think I was actually on stage when Midnight was on. So <laughs> that was not a great piece of planning. Uh, and very sweetly, uh, he brought me a, a DVD uh, of it so that I could play it and watch it on my computer when I went to bed after I'd been for a drink with him. Uh, uh, and uh, Laura, Um, uh, and uh, so, you know, another friend uh, recording for me because I was unable to watch Doctor Who live, so I associate it with all of that, but I think also what's really special about this story is that what a time to be a fan this was. I was nine, it was the 20th anniversary of Doctor Who, and I think if it hadn't been for the Doctor Who Radio Times special, Doctor Who a celebration, the Five Doctors, the bruhaha of the twentieth anniversary, where Doctor Who was at its peak, and it's amazing how quickly it fell actually, and and within a very short space of time was suddenly not the force to be reckoned with it once was. I mean, it's amazing when you think of how popular Longley was and the Five Doctors was, uh, and, and you know all of all of that and how cemented in the the you know the public psyche Doctor Who was. That a very short time later is when it started to be a kind of this kind of national joke and unloved by the corporation that benefited so much from it. Extraordinary story. Um, but anyway, talking of extraordinary stories, why aren't I saying this during a lull in the action? Because I'm sure I'm I'm sure I've got to go for an hour and a half on the trot. So um, without further ado, I am on. Uh, oh, now how do I do this? So I. Uh, uh, Yes, I am watching the original, as-transmitted, Black Triangle uh, version of The Five Doctors, which was uh, broadcast in 1983 when Doctor Who was 20. It is now approaching 60. What that means for me, I don't want to contemplate. Uh, You're very welcome to join me watching... Or, just listen to me rabbiting, but I am going to press play in three, two, one. Um, And we start with William Hartnell. I love the fact that Hartnell is in it. Um, In fact, I just quoted some of this. Uh, uh, I don't know why. Somebody had said something. There was only two of us in the garden myself my partner and i think we said something about anxieties and so i went no regrets I, I did this quote uh and i'm prone to quoting shakespeare around the house and i go what was that from surely i'll go oh probably blooming shakespeare and i go yeah yeah obviously but which one and she'll go oh Oh, don't d- know Henry the Ninth, and I'll go. That's not even a Shakespeare play, and and I'll be pompous, and she'll she doesn't really care, um, and I'll tell her off for being wasted on the acting profession. Uh, but anyway, I did that, and she went. Oh, I actually, I really like that one. That's the only one of those you've done I've ever liked. What Shakespeare play is that from? And I went uh, Episode Six of the Dalek Invasion of Earth. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um, so it's nice to have a clip of William Arnold. funny enough I mean it wasn't long after that um, that there was talk of it was when it was uh, actually it was when it was TV 50 so um, but there was yeah there was talk in, in Doctor Who magazine of there being a repeat of an old Doctor Who and and word came in and, and it said to Doctor Who magazine that the, 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 the that the version of Dalek Invasion of Earth was too poor quality to be shown and suddenly going, what? Well, hang on. So, in fact, some of the episodes that exist are too poor quality to be shown. I don't know quite where they got that from, but the talk was that they repeat the chase. But suddenly, you know, you think about that. Uh, I like the way she moved, her hair moves. I used to know, I used to be able to quote all of this. I love a thump of the console. But, yeah, for... Um, It it suddenly introduced the concept that Dalek Invasion of Earth was not good enough quality to be shown because I remember remember thinking of that clip and going, well, it looked all right to me. Um, I actually think even though this looks like, uh, I I think somebody else has used the phrase, a wet weekend in Wales, there's something about the the way that Mark Strickson sort of sniffs the air and and the, the acting actually carries off that the Eye of Orion is the most tranquil place in the universe, um, even though it is—it is—it's unfortunately because it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's clearly uh, the same place as uh, as the Death Zone, um, because they weren't going to be able to film somewhere else. They've—they've they've done their best, um, but actually. Yeah, I mean, you 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 you'd perhaps want to go for a different kind of vibe. But Earth under a thunderstorm, I think. I think when I was younger, I sort of went, no, okay, that that seems to me like quite a grown up way of of enjoying, you know, tranquility and all of that. So even though, yeah, it just looks like they've got up to film really early in the morning. <laughs> um, I remember watching this with some friends many years later. So, oh gosh, yes, because I had some university friends of mine on, on Doctor Who anniversaries let me have a sort of Doctor Who party and indulged me and watched stuff with me. God, I, I've been so lucky with my friends. I've always had a bit of a persecution complex and I think people have actually been very kind to me over the years. But I remember a friend of mine, who's now a really very successful actor, w- watched this bit with the first Doctor. And went, is that supposed to be him running? And I was like, oh, come on, mate. It's an old man. Um... Uh, so that that was the first sight of Richard Erndal, who for me is an excellent first Doctor. I I don't sort of think of him in terms of William Hartnell because I'd not really seen I'd seen an Unearthly Child when it was repeated uh, as part of the Five Faces of Doctor Who. But um, uh, so 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 what Erndal did was perfectly first Doctorish to me. You know, a slightly washbish old man, and I think he does a. I think he does a perfectly good job, um, and I, I I think he's been, you know, he's 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 sort of been slightly damned latterly um, for not being like William Hartnell. Now that we're all, you know, au fait with what William Hartnell was like, but as a but as a as, as an image of what William Hartnell was, he was great for me. But you know, to be fair to people who. Re- remembered William Hartnell um, they they might have a very different perspective and that's perfectly fair enough. This is really weird we've got a cheese plant that um, looks like it's the shadow of the the cheese plant on the table uh, I, from where I'm watching here there's it's, it's like a sort of echo um, one plant is pretty much the same as, as, as the other in my real life and on the screen anyway, what is on the screen um, oh this is Ray Float, he works under a different name now, I think he does some comedy or something because somebody showed me a, a flyer for something and said, who's this guy? He says he's been in Doctor Who and it took us ages to work it out. And then we worked out oh no, it's it's that guy who was uh, who was that part I think uh, John Levine was offered and went, no way. Um, so I do like the fact that Colonel Crichton is played by David Saville uh, who was Lieutenant Carstairs in The War Games uh, Patrick Troughton's last story. I'm sure that was an accident but it's a nice bit of casting and I like David Savile as an actor I've never had the pleasure I think he, I'm think i told he had his fingers burnt at a convention where I think you know, they were ripped off or something uh, and so uh, took a dim view of Doctor Who and its fandom but uh, I believe he started to send sign photos back in the post now uh, don't like it um, so this is interesting that it's all shot on film as well um, bit of whiskey and Doctor Who as well uh, drinking in the afternoon but that all seems very grown up um um i i love trouton in this trouton and nicholas courtney in this and i like david savile actually he does he doesn't do very much in this but it's a a, he, he does a very good job who of course you want one of those of course you want one of those it would have been a bit of a waste i can understand why john levine didn't want to do that um and also, it would have mucked up the continuity of Mordron Undead. Um, and, of course, when, when you were younger, you didn't know, because, we, I mean, we'd, we'd only just got the 20th anniversary special in Doctor Celebration. I'm talking about my generation here. Um, you know, I didn't know if the Terrible Zodin was actually a thing or not. Um, uh, you know, was, was, was that uh, an adventure that the Doctor had had? Because... You know, you had to piece together your Doctor Who history, yeah, uh, uh, you know, without without any of the resources of today. And I have to say, I think it was a bit more fun. Uh, uh, but but that's that's an that's always an old man's thing, isn't it? We we had things harder than you, so it was better. Uh, I'm sure it's lovely if you're a young fan now and you want to go. I want that thing. Can I see it? I love the way that Patrick Troughton runs. He runs brilliantly. Um, <laughs> Oh. And I love the music as well. I mean, I could, I could. Uh, there was, there was a, there was a time when, I mean, every single facial expression or, or musical sting, I could, uh, I, I, you know, I could anticipate um, every line. Tuck, tick, tick, tick. I like the tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's a musical score that is very, very evocative to me and I like the fact that it has all those sort of echoes of the theme you know this needs to be uh, this you know this needs to you know echo the past Uh, and it does and and now here's Pertwee on Pertwee Corner one of the nice I've been to this corner of road and one of one of the nicest thing I think the nicest thing might be the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me my now ex-wife um and i was reminded of this very recently when i was going through some old uh, videos and i actually texted her and she do you know what, she'd forgotten all about it and i said well it was a really nice thing to do so i just wanted to say thanks um, uh, she, on doctor who's 49th 48th or 49th uh we'd spit up by the 50th so maybe it was it must have been the 48th um, uh, just took me out on on the 23rd of November, and and we went for a drive. And she stopped the car and she said, "Right, where are we?" And I went, "What?" And I felt enormous pressure because I didn't want to spoil what she'd obviously gone to such great effort. But I thought, I what what? But she'd given me no context at all. And then I went, "Hang on, is this the corner the job we gets kidnapped in the Five Doctors?" And she went, "Oh, I'm so pleased you knew that." Uh, and she'd arranged a little road trip. She'd got um, we we lived in London. Um, she got um, <laughs> she got uh, she'd got Richard Bignall's uh, locations book and had a flick through. And her friend was looking at houses in Denham at the time, so she'd had a she, I think she'd had a chance to do a little, little recce, and she'd worked out where we could go in Denham. And there was Pertwee Corner, there was Unit HQ, as we've seen as well from the three and five Doctors. Um, she didn't take me to Sarah Jane's house, but we went to um, the line of poplar trees from the Reign of Terror. We went to the bypass from Legopolis And I just think, because she'll have got nothing, I I just think as a pure nice thing to do for somebody. And obviously we've split up now and there was lots of sadness and all of that. um, I I remember that with great fondness and I acknowledge that as a a rather wonderful thing that she did for me, God bless her. Um, Sarah Jane's got a funny old dress sense, hasn't she? This is a very curious, see-through, see-through um anorak thing that she's got going on um nice house she's got though isn't it i'll be worth a tidy packet these days but this was a great time to be a doc two fan beware of the dog i mean there are so many wonderful touches here even as a kid i sensed there was something wrong here i don't know why i did i didn't know i didn't get doc two magazine or anything at at this time. I I mean, I occasionally got one if I was on holiday or something, but but I knew that Tom Baker, I got Eagle Comic and they'd had a picture, a publicity picture for the Five Doctors. And it had said, you know, can you spot the difference or something? It said, uh, Richard Herndl is playing the first Dr. William Hartnell, but he's not the only imposter in this picture. Can you guess why? And the answer was, it's a waxwork of Tom Baker because uh, he was unavailable when the photo was taken so there was the and, and, and I, I don't know I think I've always been uh, sort of pretty good at spotting I don't know sort of telly things I don't know I, I haven't I don't know anyway I had an instinct for this that this was not quite right and maybe it was just and I hadn't quite understood that that, that they looked the age but I don't remember thinking oh they look they look younger than they should it was more the quality of the film or something to do with the production and I because I certainly didn't I don't think I, I it certainly wasn't Oh, there in Cambridge this must be footage from Sharda I wouldn't have known that but I didn't I did know of Sharda anyway um, I think it's considering the hand that they were dealt um, I think this is ingenious. I mean, this is what I love about Doctor Who is that, you know, it's like life. It's uh, littered. I mean, that the fact that he drops the pole and that's when he gets taken off, is and and then of course they're not there because they've gone under the bridge. So that's your cut. I mean, it's ingenious. It's not quite as it doesn't make quite so much sense at the end, um, but you know, like life, that you know they're dealt a series of disasters, like my life, and and they sort of and, and then something just about comes together um to 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 just sort of make it work uh and um but but as i say i even as a as a youngster i had a i had a sense that that was slightly detached from the main thing um i love elizabeth slade and sarah jane smith um uh this 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 cut doesn't quite work um the, 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 I think the triangle needs to get there a bit quicker but I'm nitpicking I just I only say that because I remember thinking it at the time um, now it's going to be hard to choose the five favourite things as well because normally it's episode by episode but this is all it's part of a chunk we could have watched it in the oh because it was repeated during the day uh, uh, many years later and I was delighted that um, the bit where the master walks down the stairs was the cliffhanger to the third I know people... Um, sort of knock that and go it's not a very good cliffhanger but i i remember thinking well, i hope that's the cliffhanger i don't know i was just thought it would fit neatly um and it did um so yeah being a fan at this time was extraordinary and of course i think the only time i've seen this version in goodness knows how long because uh, you know, I got I got the souped-up version when I was a student. I couldn't afford many videos in those days. I bought that one, and I bought the War Machines because I I felt I should contribute to the range when I when I could, especially if they'd done something special. And the War Machines, they'd inserted some you know missing footage and gone to a bit of effort to clean it up. And uh, the Five Doctors, they'd got this special edition. Um, so I watched the the special edition for for ages, and then. This, when this came out, when The Five Doctors came out on DVD, this version had a commentary from David Tennant, Phil Collinson and Helen Rayner. I can't believe I'm now plucking that out of the ether as a nostalgic thing. Uh, but I remember watching that and, and that was at a time when you go, wow, the actual Doctor is doing a commentary on an old Doctor Who uh, and uh, there's a much more protracted entrance for Barusa in the uh, in the special edition, I remember. Um, and 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 it's really weird because so even when I revisited this, it was at a really special time to be a Doctor Who fan. When you know the current production team are celebrating the old Who, and we got to... you know, that uh, I just remember at that uh, that time when it came out, uh, d- you know, d- Doctor Who was was you know in its ascendancy I was, I was in a temporary house when that happened but um, so I remember that's where I watched Journey's End and the Stolen Earth so it was that kind of period I remember watching uh, that stuff and that was, that was at a time when you know Doctor Who was all over the place again so even even when this wasn't current it's, it's release uh, and, and my sort of revisit of it even though it was only watching it with the commentary was at a time when Doctor Who was all over the place again uh, and it seemed amazing um, and I think I was, yeah, I think I was just, just starting to see my, who, who then became that, that wife. Uh, um, it's funny. I've, I've just talked over the scene between, uh, the three Time Lords where they actually say the lines. I didn't point this out. I think, um, is it Nick Pegg or somebody in Doctor Two magazine, um, po- pointed out that actually the, their delivery of the lines makes no sense. Um, the bit about, uh. The members of the council are unanimous. Um, he, he, the Castellan says it as a full stop, which he's not supposed to. Um, actually, if you examine what the lines are on the paper and the way that they're delivered, they're they're actually wrong. They don't they don't make sense of the lines. It's p- most peculiar. Um, Philip Latham has a wonderful sort of cadaverous thing going on, doesn't he? And that sort of nasal delivery. I remember being a bit disappointed it wasn't Leonard Sachs because I like things to be the same. Um, Having seen Ark of Infinity many times since, um, I I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure Leonard Sachs would have stayed awake for the whole of the five Doctors. Um, And I don't think he certainly couldn't have carried on what the part requires in this. This is a lovely little echo. I mean, it sort of makes no sense. That's a beautiful shot. The shadow... Surely at Susan. Um, uh, I love the uh, because of in the book. I remember in the book, which I didn't get before it was this this came out. Although it was out before, wasn't it? So some people got to read it um, soon. I think I was given a copy of the book. Um, but one of the extra scenes was was Susan getting kidnapped. But actually, I quite like the economy, the shadowy work, the shadowy uh, lighting and work in this uh, is is terrific, um, and. I mean, I actually love the fact that this story is not much of a story. It's basically, you know, you get your characters, you, 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 you plonk them in deadly situations. They have to walk through a load of deadly situations to get to the end. And then it all, they meet up and it ties up. I, I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, uh, you know, it gives you all the little grace notes and, and, and it gives you, you know, the, the master walks in and you're almost pleased to see him. Um, and, uh, I, I I do like uh, Ainley's conduct in front of the. I mean, the High Council. It's not really a High Council. It's three people. Uh, oh yes, two of the High Council went into the zone. I wonder. So uh, I mean, would they really send Chancellor Thalia in? Um, um, and uh, Cardinal Zorak. I mean, can you imagine? He he would he would have wanted to step into any of the puddles. Uh, <laughs> I do like Paul Jericho as the Castellan, by the way. I was very pleased to see him return. I'd found him very memorable. He's very like a cat, the buzz. That description of him being like a treasure cat, that sort of ghost of a smile that he has, and that slight that sort of slight chewy thing he does, like he's got a oh, he's got a bit of gristle trapped beneath his wisdom teeth. Um, but he has those wonderful sort of cat like eyes. It, it, I mean, this is a performance of a certain type and 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 I'm afraid he's beaten for me in the master stakes by Delgado every time, even though he was my first master. Um, but I do, I do enjoy him. I, uh, and I think I, I actually think I prefer him now to, to, to then, um, and rescue the doctor. I love that the way he does that, that sort of thing with his mouth and his eyes, you know, they sparkle. He's a, he is good casting as the master. Um, uh, a very simple effect, that isn't it, but it's good it's very effective um oh, so the yes, the twentieth anniversary, I wonder if I'd have been as big a fan as i as I am if I hadn't been born when I was because it wasn't just watching this um it was. You know, it was it was the archaeology. It was it was all the stuff that go. I remember the Doctor Who celebration book sort of being passed around at the Christmas that I was given it. I was given it that that Christmas eighty three, and the rest of the family looking go. Oh, did you know he's never actually been called Doctor Who on screen? And uh, you know, think oh, it was it was it started the day after Kennedy was assassinated, in it? And it's you know the family sort of shared in because it was a shared language because they'd grown up with it. You know, my my brothers had, had watched it as kids. My sister, not so much. I don't think, but but there was there was there was never any su- suggestion it was a sort of geeky thing. Obviously, I maybe I'd gone further with it than than everybody. Um, uh, but but you know, it was a it was. I I loved the fact that it was something that sort of everybody knew and everyone had an angle on and and people actually found you know interesting. Um, I think I've suffered from that since because that them looking at that book and going oh this is interesting has, has meant that I've shouted out facts when perhaps people weren't quite so interested I noticed that Daleks midsection had a bit broken off it Um, there we go but that was that was I mean this was the most exciting thing in the world seeing the Dalek mutant and a load of pouring gunk I mean this was this was this was a million dollars this stuff um yeah um and there we go the black um great piece of music uh it's uh i mean as i say this is the sort of soundtrack that lies in the tower um and here we are charming's <laughs> but i love the fact that these two um have have such they, they have all the best lines actually um, and it's funny because Trouton is so good with Sergeant Benton in the Three Doctors. He's so good with the Brigadier here, and and you know every every time he sort of denied the companion he was supposed to have because he'd have had a great time with Jamie because him and Fraser Hines are superb together. Um, but but uh, uh, you know the Brigadier is really Pertwee's guy. Um, uh, I love the way he pats him on the shoulder and says, "Don't worry, Brigadier." And well done for the metal sound, uh, well done for the metal sound uh, as he as he hits the thing in his hand. But that's that's um, but but Troughton and the Brigadier is a really really good combination. Uh, Elizabeth Satan has another unfortunate she because she looks there like somebody's poked her up the bum and she's fallen. You know and and then this was the cliffhanger <laughs> to part one when it was shown during the day. Was it on consecutive? I can't remember but I I remember catching this this repeat that was uh, it was, it seemed like the five doctors was everywhere um, being the, being the, the, the one I'd been really sore to miss I actually then couldn't miss it for ages and ages and ages not that I minded but that's why it was so familiar to me and then and why I actually wasn't in much of a hurry to get it on video subsequently because I'd seen it so many times until the special edition came out so I didn't I didn't even have that VHS that uh, Chris, uh, wangled at the top of this but th- I, I, I you know this this is one of the least successful uh, elements of this where I mean you you read the book and you know Sarah's dangling on the edge of a cliff here she's clearly just you know f- fallen down a curbside uh, and made quite a meal of it I mean he he didn't need to pull her up that in rope did he? He just needed to he just needed to sort of lean over and um, it's not even alleged, Doctor. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that—that that I think is—is is one of the sort of funnier shortcomings of this. It's not matter; it doesn't really matter, and they've tried their best, but uh, it doesn't work. But I love all of this. I love Terence Dix's dialogue that he gives everybody. Actually, teeth occurs, and yes, thank you very much for rescuing me, Doctor. Uh, and need rescue. Oh, such a good line, and she does it beautifully she's so pitch perfect uh i love i i mean at this at this time um i mean i was you know i was i was pretty keen on marrying elizabeth sladen slash sarah jane smith i bet she wouldn't have taken me around around on a trip around. Uh oh this is this is one of those bits where um so i think they brought that rock with them didn't they but um but this is it's a completely flat landscape. And she's going to do that thing, isn't she, where she's going to spot the TARDIS, which is directly in front of them. It's, they haven't had to look around a corner. I mean, they've been walking towards that for the whole time. But it's, they haven't seen it because it's not in shot. <laughs> um, and I think it's quite a smart move of the two to hook up early is first and fifth. Um, partially because it's not the real first, um, so you you know fans of the, the you know the genuine article, as it were, um, still have to wait till the end for the for the doctors, as they remember them or, or whatever. Um, although Terence Dix has a much better idea than than because I believe in you know Robert Holmes's uh, version, he was going to sort of explain why the first Doctor wasn't the first Doctor I think I don't think I think in the sort of pre-video age I think it was absolutely fine to just go this is the first Doctor I mean it, it, you know I knew it wasn't the same actor but I was I was I was fine with it um, oh I like I like Davison's reaction I do you know what? I never I never quite I never understood four five you know it seemed unnecessarily complicated to me why fourth meant there were five, and it makes means absolute sense now. But as a kid, I was uh, stumped by that. Um, the original, yeah, I love it. Um, um yes, and, and yes, I I've never quite understood why. The earlier, the 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 later doctor, i.e. the older doctor, Davison is older than Hartnell. Sort of defers to his younger self, who is older. But it's it's fine. I like uh, uh, Mark Strickson does so many good little bits in this, and I didn't because I didn't really get to see much of season uh, season twenty. I didn't really know Turlow, except by what I'd been told about him. And I and his sort of thank you where he does up the button and his uh, big isn't it that he does later. I mean he's largely sidelined in this story, and yet he manages to invest most of what he does with that sort of peevish weirdness that he does. That is really good. I think is really watchable. I love Turlo. I think he's a great character. I think it was you know it was an interesting idea to have the companion that wants to kill the Doctor. Um, uh, oh yes I, th- I think uh, Dinah Sheridan had to stand very still for ages there while uh, while they did that crossfade and now we wait um, uh, yeah Philip Latham's great casting I didn't know him at the time it was, it was because John Nathan Turner held great store in the palaces it was it was very much a a, a, a resource that he plundered for big name casting whereas I mean I don't think even my mum particularly remembered the palaces but uh, it was it was one that uh, was in j- John Nathan Turner's fantasy TV listings the palaces was right up there I'm not sure I've ever seen it um, oh Troughton is so good he, he's, he's he's sort of funny and scary at the same time to the tower to Rassel, I love them what does he say is is that where he lives? Not exactly, Brigadier. It's his tomb. I love that, and I love the way he sort of bashes it on on the arm, and the way he scampers about. And oh, I could watch those two forever. Oh yes, the, the, oh I I think I'd thought the master stood on that corpse. He didn't. He stopped. Good, because just as he was about to, I thought, please don't tell me he treads to, on that dead person's ribcage. Ch- Chance- Councillor Zorax ribcage. <laughs> um, oh, is this the is this the pineapple scene? There's some pineapple that take that gets uh, slightly mangled in 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 the eating. Uh, never act with children, animals, or <laughs> bits of pineapple when you've got false teeth. Um, I do like his mittens as well, his fingerless mittens. Um, I love the way that they've all got fruits. I thought they were going to go make a cup of tea, and they've got a whacking great load of fruit salad. <laughs> um, Davison is so good as well, and it's quite right that he takes sort of centre stage because that's interesting. It was supposed to be Tom Baker that went to Gallifrey, and that would have slightly upset the balance. And I think the incumbent Doctor has to be, you know, the the star. Um, and it must be quite a thing to sort of wrangle the the different egos it's a testament to the show i remember reading a couple of reviews in doctor two magazine from i think maybe it was gary russell gary had been was disappointed with pertwee in this um and obviously you know pertwee was before my time so again this was this 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 was you know i I'd, I'd seen the three doctors and carnival of monsters um I, I I thought Pertwee was great in this. I really enjoyed him. I thought he, uh, you know, he looked good. I mean, he he carries himself so well, and that outfit is ridiculous. But somehow, I mean, he's just got such natural elegance. He wears it well, and he knows how to. You know, he's a natural with that car. Um, they're, they're all, it's all such good casting. Those 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 doctors. They they all just seem so right to me as a as a youngster. Improvise. Uh, I had to ask my mum what that meant. Um, uh, yeah, and it's you know it's, it's I mean I don't know why the Death Zone's got roads, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, the, the, all a lot of this does look like it's filmed on a really cold early morning, doesn't it? They all look slightly. Uh, you know that really sort of cold nose you have. First thing, um, oh, oh, I remember for age, I'm, I'm sure somebody for, for for ages. I I know there was some um, fans who thought because he says Jehoshaphat that that was the master's name. Um, uh, my best enemy. Um, whereas uh, you know, I I just assumed Jehoshaphat was a thing you said um you know like you bounder or whatever it's, it's there in the delivery he's not going hello jim or whatever the master's name is but um but uh yes i remember that being a thing for a while where some people thought the, the master was called jehoshaphat um don't hear what you don't hear phrases like arrant nonsense anymore um and they didn't get on did they the uh, uh, ainley and uh, and and Pertwee, i think uh, didn't uh didn't I this was be but I didn't pert we ain- did give ainley notes yeah that's right i know it's the wrong way oh um oh yes and i quite like the fact that um uh the you, you know the master is actually guiltless in, in a lot of this. He is genuinely trying to help. Those laser beams have got absolutely nothing to, him, to do with him. He looks great running in that cloak as well. That cloak's excellent. It really works. Um, especially as he must have found it on the death zone. Unless... Because he transmatted in without it. But the corpse he found had a cloak on as well. Maybe there's some sort of cloak room when you land in the death zone. So it's a, it's a bit chilly. You are on location now. And on film. Um... That, that's that's nice little bit of economy as well. You go, okay, it's been, it's been zapped and it's left poor old Bessie is left smoking. But we've had Bessie. Um, this chap's called. Uh, don't know anything about him. Stephen Meredith or something. Um, you sort of go, it must be. And I don't think he's done all that much. But it must be sort of what. Well, what acting did you do oh well i mean i, I was in a, i was in only the the biggest episode of doctor Who up to that point oh okay that's pretty cool um uh, paul jericho has a lovely sort of direct terse snidey quality that i i found really watchable he was a really memorable character for me as a kid to the castellan um I've since had the pleasure of, of, of meeting Paul a few times. And in fact, we share a voiceover agent. In fact, we were on the same voiceover job, but we didn't actually meet, we didn't do it together, but then we were edited together. Um, but I've since had the pleasure of, of, of uh, meeting with him, and he's a very nice fella. Um, and much more sort of jovial and jolly than those sort of nasal snidey characters he does so well but he does brilliant stuff with his hands i like the bit when he's you know when they when they go to escort him out and touch his arms and he holds his hands up as if to say don't touch me i'm the castellan i, I like all of that sort of stuff that he does uh <laughs> <Trouton's> face he <laughs> bashes him on the shoulder come on brigadier and it's a lovely it's a map painting isn't it that but you wouldn't know um, i i think i think uh, you know the the tower on the horizon is a, is a terrific piece of work um, and yes having the story set on gallifrey i think is is probably pretty ripe for the time although gallifrey uh, you know became a sort of place of diminished diminishing uh, re- returns really um um, I, I also, I have to say, I really liked Tegan's. Oh, this is where he doesn't, he fails to eat some pineapple. Oh, no, it's actually not as bad as I remembered. No, that's okay. No, he did that. He's just eating it like an old man. It seemed, I remember as a kid, it seemed like he had terrible trouble with that. Um,. <laughs> I love the way that she, she, I mean, she has such a perky and interesting way of delivering her lines, Elizabeth Sladen. She's, it's. I'm always returned to what Barry Letts said about her audition, where she was, you know, lots, lots did scared, lots did brave. She did scared and brave, and she does just do a little twist on the line to make it seem not like acting, more interesting than normal dialogue, and yet somehow human Oh, it's it called cool? he's, 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 he's quite he's quite gloomy and... oh yes this is where it says um, well two of two of them got through wonder what happened to the other me what happened to the other to the other oh dear he's very he's very grim isn't he um, he wasn't very well when he made this hurdle, and he actually died not that long later I've I've actually held a letter to from him that he wrote from his hospital bed in order to provide a recipe for uh, the Doctor Who cookbook, and bless him, uh, <laughs> uh, he, you know he's, he's oh how sweet, how sweet of him. Uh, he was actually a t- terrific actor, until I've seen him in some some earlier stuff, and he's he's in, in a thing called Spindo. He's got brilliant performances from. Uh, people like Anthony and Ray McAnally, and, and, and he's the villain in that, and he's in a great Step 2 episode. Really good actor. Oh, and he's an enemy at the door. He's a really good actor, Uh, um, uh I, I love, yes, the... the, the, the uh, are you in pain, Doctor? And uh, does it, I'm singing this song. Does it help considerably more than you do? I mean, every line, every exchange between the Brigadier and the second Doctor is a joy. Terence Dix is well-loved for us for being a great script editor and a marvellous, you know, the 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 name on the spines of most of our target books. I don't think he actually gets enough credit for his, for his writing. You know, we, we love Robert Holmes's lines and Robert Holmes is great at dialogue. Um, but actually, Terence Dix, and we love Terence Dix because he was Terence Dix. Oh, I, I love the cyber scout who comes and goes, Oh. Yeah, they cut that out of the special edition, and I thought that was bad. Um, Isn't that a friend of the doctors?
1: (laughs) Um,
0: And I have found the ones from the TARDIS. That's William Kenton, who I've since I've discovered since I did my last year in memoriam video has recently, or last year, or anyway, has died. William Kenton, the Cyber Scout, who gets he's he's an actor as opposed to an extra, because he, he has the one line. And then here we have the regular two, Mark Hardy and David Banks, who I think are superb as the cyber cyber leader and the cyber lieutenant. I, I, I love the sort of robotic uh, body language that they do that isn't quite, you know, body popping or what, it, you know, it isn't it isn't like the sort of street performers that you see, but it has enough about it to of, of sort of jerky roboticness, not without drawing too much attention to itself. Um, I like I like uh, Davison's thing about um, you know like Alice I tried to believe three impossible things before breakfast. Uh, th- this is a lovely exchange between the two of them, um, t- and I, I love the fact that Teague. T- 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 I mean, look, look how far- uh, David Banks even stands on a hill. Well. Um, but, yeah, a bit like the TARDIS in the other shot, the, the Cybermen have been coming for miles. I, oh, I love this bit. Yes, after you. And, and I love the, 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 the cyber gun effect and the explosion. And that bangs him on the head. Oh, I love that sequence. I remember that bit. And, of course, he can't, he can't leave the Master. This confused me because I thought he was picking up um, the, the, the recall device, although you can see it clearly now. But what he means is the master's... By zapped is the master's been hit on the head by a rock. But I wasn't quite sure about that as a kid, I have to say. Seems blindingly obvious now. Um, uh, uh, I love that whole sequence. And that just that little bit of red light on Davison as he goes. and uh, Oh, and yes, this, like the hillock, is not the finest hour for anybody involved where... Poor old Susan has to. I mean, you can almost go, it's. Uh, she does do ankle, twisted ankle acting excellently, but you could say she's probably had a lot of practice, although I don't think it happens that often. But um, it's. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love the way he goes to press the thing and it's not there. Um, you could say it's it's Terrence having a sense of humour going twist the ankle, but it is a. Um, oh, the master. The, the, the master's improvising very, very quickly. Well done, the master. But yeah, Terence Terence Dix is, is loved by us for many reasons, but uh, his scripts all have such good funny lines in that aren't, I think, quite as, perhaps, I don't know, perhaps they're not quite quite as embedded in sort of literary tradition as... as uh, as, as Holmes who I thought who, who I think wrote sort of literary spoof spoofery very well. so we kind of recognized it, but it was sort of quite grand and quite eloquent and and sometimes very darkly funny. But I think I think Terence Dix's dialogue for the characters and interaction and banter between the pairings that he does of this is superb interestingly in the book uh, where the the first doctor says oh well if you must I, I think he actually smiles and says oh yes lovely dear um uh so I uh, yeah i wonder why that that was changed um maybe the, the, somebody thought that the first doctor was being a bit harsh with poor old tegan um I mean, F- Philip Latham does seem a bit like a villain. <laughs> um and, and you couldn't and you couldn't you couldn't imagine John Arnat or I think it's I actually think it's a shame that the villain is barusa It's one of those things that I I I try to forget. Um because I love Angus Mackay and John Arnat in, in The Deadly Assassin and uh Invasion of Time and I think it's sad that uh that this Barusa turns out to be um, the bad guy. I can see why Terence Dix did it, and and you know it's all a, it's all about the rottenness at the heart of the society that uh, you know p- p- pretends that it's the universe's protector, but it's as corrupt as anything. Um, it's it's quite a basic framing this as well. Presumably they all had a meeting and 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 it wasn't just like right Castellan, you're entirely responsible for the recall circuit. So you're the only person that you know. Did he build it as well? Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, and I remember being. I, yeah, no, he's not guilty. Oh, has he got a pierced here? Um, God that looks cold doesn't it uh, it's wonderful the mist though but the Cybermen are all quite short because the, the, the Cybermen on film are, are all hired locally and I, I don't think they got them quite as tall as they could have done uh, but it's it's great that the Master um, uh, you know improvises his way into the Cybermen's not affection but uh, <laughs> gang and yes, and 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 that, and and that third one there is is William Kent and the Cyber Scout. So that you know that's quite nice of the director to so say you can you can, you, you don't have to stand on the hill with the extras. You can, you know, you can, oh oh he got to say leader. He got an extra bit. Uh, aliens are not to be trusted. Yeah, I do like these Cybermen, and you know when you're on location, it's obvious the Cybermen are going to have to be the main. Uh, the main villains, um, but it was nice that we got a Dalek early on. Uh, uh, I love all that sort of fist. I love all that fisties. I love a good cyber fisting. Um, So poor old um, Susan and Turlo are now just sort of stuck in the TARDIS. But I remember at the time, it didn't seem like that was a problem. This, uh, you know, because it's total, you know, what should we do with these guys? Not an awful lot. But actually, I think... At the time, it's, oh, that was that was that was the second cliffhanger uh, of the Sunday afternoon version. It may not have been a Sunday. Cybermen around the TARDIS. So actually, yes, what I was just about to call a very perfunctory bit uh, was, uh, was 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 a, a, a dramatic high point. Um, I, I've always felt a little bit disappointed that you didn't really see the Yeti here. Lee Woods, I think, is the is the is the extra who plays the Yeti. He's no longer with us either. Um, oh, but the Raston warrior robot. Uh, I mean, is 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 there a is there a, 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 a as a, I was going to say a more unforgettable sequence? Can you have more unforgettable? Yeah, you can. I get vertigo. <laughs> uh, they don't get tired. Yeah, I love that. Um, but uh, yes, because of course. The rest of Warrior Robot is new. So, as, uh, um, have, having having you know, you, you have the old monsters that all turn up to do their bit. But actually, I think it's it's pretty impressive that you know the most memorable sequence is uh, is is as part of a a, a, a creature uh, created just for this, um, and it's 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 a brilliant you know it's just a man in a silver silver suit. It's just a man dressed as a cyber android and sprayed silver, basically. Um, it jumps in the air in a quick cut, and it's Keith Hodiaku who I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing. He's a dancer. He's also in Full Metal Jacket. Um, lovely fella. Um, uh, and he was in some of the Chronicles of Narnia as well, I think. Um, oh, that's a fantastic shot of the uh, the reflection of the Cyberman in the the water... I do like this location. I know there's always a joke about Doctor Who being shot in a slate quarry, but I think this is... I think it's a fantastic location. Free Sarah Jane. If you move, we're dead. I remember quoting that uh, at school. Um, that was, you know... that that This sequence coming up. Uh, oh, and kindly refrain from addressing me as Doc. <laughs> I loved all it. See, this is, it's just... I mean... You know, nothing's happening. They're just all walking towards the tower. Uh, uh, Stuart Blake here as the commander turns up in the very next story as Skibbus the Silurian. Uh, and he's also been in... Uh, he, he'd been in um, State of Decay. Uh, the Black Scrolls of Wrestling, I remember thinking this was a great effect. And, um, I mean... Is it forbidden knowledge the dark? I mean, I, I'm not sure... It, it bears much scrutiny how these work so you have these scrolls what what's on them why why do they catch fire now has the castellan never opened them does he just have them as a keepsake ah that casket before i remember i was in a thing called cyberman 2 for big finish and i had a line like something like i have never seen that bomb before that's the great bit of hand acting that he does i love that um this followed by not such a Good with what? what? No, not the mind's yeah, I it and it doesn't work there, and I feel a bit sorry for him, and it's a killer of a line, um, but it's also it's also glorious and wonderful. Uh, I remember he dies with his eyes open. I remember you know this was actually because he'd because he'd been in it before. Was that really necessary? Um, well, as you can see, he was and this this you know this was a big move. it's getting to the point in the drama where there needs to be uh you know a, a sacrifice uh and you know uh it seems like you know for the for the plot the doctors find his traitor even though you know it's made pretty clear that the doctor thinks that that's not the case but that we've, we've sacrificed somebody who at least we have you know some sort of you know, well, we have a bit of history with uh, the Castellan. And, and even though he's only been in Ark of Infinity, you know, I knew the Castellan of old, says Davison. They, they sell the whole thing about the importance of the character. And I think Paul Jericho has, has enough presence to make us feel that loss as well. So he comes in for a bit of stick because of No, Not the Mind Probe. I actually think he's really good. And, and they none of them say those lines properly in that first scene. But I actually, I, I really like his he's got a great voice, uh, and, uh, and as I say, that sort of great testy sort of terse thing going on. Um, but I still don't know how the Black Scrolls of, of Rassilon work. Um, uh, yeah, and, and they catch fire because you're not supposed to read them, so th- th- they're hardly incriminating evidence. Um, and wh- where did he get, anyway, um, but it's just sort of stuff in it. Um, yeah, I was a bit sad that you didn't get to see the, uh, see the yeti you see it sort of you see it sort of hand and i don't care that the great intelligence isn't there you find a reason um because anything that was a anything that was a you know an an echo of the past this um, although of course the bad side of this is you know doctor who i mean season 20 had 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 that i think retrospectively put into it of oh it's every story has got something from the past. But but Doctor Who did start to eat itself, a little bit, and and have to be careful of that. And that you know, I think that partially goes towards explaining why. Um, you know, very quickly after this, I mean, Ed Stradling makes a very good case on the the Warriors of the Deep DVD that you know um, uh, five Doctors, Doctor Who was everywhere, all these anniversary things, blah blah blah, and then it came back and warriors of the deep was the first story everybody saw after the 20th anniversary uh and it's got you know a pantomime sea dragon and blah 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 and 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 was the you know and and that was where doc 2 sort of started to spiral downhill in the public consciousness and i you know i'm i'm i i think that there's a convincing case to be made there um it's a galactic glitter. I love, I love trout and having, uh, having all those things in his pockets. Uh, again, just another little touch um, of where there's a wind, there's a way. Is is that is that actually a saying? You could. This is me heckling myself from the future. It's a play on where there's a will, there's a way. You idiot! I only just realised that. Anyway, back to and the galactic past. glitter is presumably some sort of space uh, firework, but it's just a firework. Um, If if there had been four doctors, would there have been above, between, below, and through the pantry? Uh, How would that have worked? I don't know. But uh, again, it's just neat. Uh, And... (laughs) Uh, This is brilliant as well. After you bring it in. I mean, that's... (laughs) I love that. But, I mean, that's that's terrible because they're, they're essentially saying, oh, it's a bit scary in there. But well, i in first. But, yes, I think these two do a great job with this because it is kind of... I mean, we do lots of sort of cutting back to... Well, there's no plot, really. There's not much of a plot, is there? Um, you know, it's just... you 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 can't spend too much time with all of the characters so I think Terence Dix very artfully balances everybody's contribution and it is a bit it is a bit of a shame for Caroline Ford and Mark Strickson that they spend most of it in the TARDIS although at least Caroline Ford got to go out and twist her ankle so he does you know uh, I love all of this oh my god there was nothing better as a kid I could have watched this. Uh, I think I did actually. I could have watched this over and over again, uh, and it's for the most part an excellent sequence. I mean, you have to you have to kind of take. I love it when the hand comes and the arm comes off, and then the arm stiffens on the floor, doesn't it? The hand. That. I mean that again. This was Hollywood stuff for a kid brought up on Doctor Who, um, and you had to sort of, you had to slightly go. Well, obviously, this is happening slightly quicker than i expect it to because why aren't any of these guys doing anything now and it's because he can move at the speed of light um you know but it's it's slightly slowed down for us that's how i rationalize it cyber sick is he gonna do the sick milk thing yeah love that um i mean yeah i think i think this that sequence was just so exciting! All this sort of cyber death. I've got, I've got that picture on a postcard, or, or actually as, a, as an official photograph. I Think of the of the Cyberman blowing up into flames. I like the fact that he's got a little. He's got a little larder. Well, no, he's got a little shed <laughs> with his spare bits, knocking his head off. I mean, glorious. Uh, and I th- doesn't it? I think in the. Uh, in the special edition doesn't he jump and vanish I quite like that as a coda to the scene um I met Dinah Sheridan when she was very very old um with her daughter Jenny Hanley but she was yeah I don't have any stories really Uh, I mean I was just in a room with her really um but uh, I had the pleasure of being in her orbit which is one of those things I must I must remember uh and I've I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting all sorts of Doctor Who folks. Um, yes, I never I, I don't quite work out how the uh, the Raston robot keeps all of his bits and bobs. But anyway, uh, what a splendid idea! Um, and he's he's so good at just the way that he. Um, you know, as a penknife a, a pen knife and gets the, the, that that wire open. He's very he's very handy, Pert. Where you can imagine him, you know, getting down and dirty with an engine and knowing what to do. Or you know, he's just very capable. He makes he makes sort of I don't know what an entry coder is. I mean, I assume it's a well, it's a that. But she, the way she says it is this, if it's it's a, a sequence of words, entry coder that I should know. And I'm, I'm not sure that I do. There's a few phrases like that in this where, you know, as a kid, you thought, am I, am I supposed to know? I'm, I'm assuming I'm supposed to know what that means. Then as you get older, you go, I still don't really know. I mean, I sort of, you know, I get the gist of what it is, but it's it's not. I've never come across the phrase entry coder" uh, since. Uh, that is a, that's a very good model. Um, I, now, I quite like this touch. I had a friend who really hated it because he said, Oh, it's crap wise the uh, you know, it's crap that it dies just before it could do anything. I'm like, no, I quite like the fact that, you know, it's just an extra bit of drama. He slightly fluffs he slightly fluffs the line here, doesn't he? Um uh But this and this is on film as well. This is a nice set. Uh and it means that it matches with the uh with the location stuff very nicely. Don't look down, Sarah. Um There we go. Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> isn't she brilliant um it's it's yeah it's not quite that 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 sort of melding of the tower unto the location is not is not brilliant but it's a brave stab they do a pretty good job of it but it's yeah you can you can see the join as it were um through here Julie, there's a door look there we go uh, oh does she do a funny little She does, doesn't she? She does a funny little thing because her performance is full of joyous, funny little things. I like Big, isn't it? (laughs) I do like Turlo. Uh, Mark Strickson is another performer who does lovely, funny little things. I I have no idea how this works. And yet, as a kid, I absolutely adored it. Uh, uh, And and all that... as easy as pie. As easy as pie. What an extraordinary fellow. Um, but I've got no idea how this... I, this doesn't work at all. Patience, yeah, there we go. Boom. Clackle, 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 clackle. Uh, oh, yes, because, of course, it's, it's 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 diabolical ingenuity. Yes. Um, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. Now, it's a nice line, though, actually. Um he <laughs> uh oh this this is another bit where the cybermen have to be a little bit blind not to notice, but again, I just sort of as a kid I just sort of went well you know we're, we're you know we just we I'm aware you know it's it's to do with the staging of it we have to see the cybermen but yeah um actually, I think I was very generous as a kid that's uh, yeah um but but again, this is—I mean—the Cybermen are just cannon fodder uh, in this. Um, but um, I, yes, I, and and it was my introduction to pi. I mean, I think I knew there was a Greek letter pi, but I didn't quite know how it worked in maths. I've never been good at maths anyway. Um, but. You know, I I thought that as easy as pie and the pie thing was absolutely ingenious as a kid, um, but I I but I mean he doesn't even try. To, what's he doing? What's he doing with pie here? What is? I mean he's literally just walked across the chessboard. Is he thinking about pie? Is he is he transmitting? Is he is he going three point two one two four blah blah, 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 blah. Um, What? Uh, what I st- what that I mean it's absolute nonsense but what it is is loads of cybermen being zapped to bits on a chessboard uh, and it's glorious <laughs> um, uh, you know it's it's it, 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 it sort of doesn't matter but it bears no scrutiny whatsoever uh david banks is very good his word is waith- wa- worth his weight in gold he's sort of you betrayed us he's he's not accusatory there particularly there's a kind of uh, is, why did you do that it's not quite logical i uh, is it, it, he 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 is really good value as the cyber leader um uh you know i th- i think he's he's a great asset to the show and to the cybermen themselves uh, as evidence by the way that he dies actually he's this is a fantastic death uh when he does the kind of oh um oh oh no is is it an earth shock then that he does the death where he sort of grips onto the doctor and hits the floor he gets maybe he gets a better death in Earth, but he's he's even does death's well um now, when the master said that, I was like, did they used to drive sheep across minefields? That sounds awful. Um, so he introduced quite some horrible concepts as a kid. Um, but what what is this? I mean, what, he didn't even touch every row then. what's he's b- how, But he's done it three different times. Did they discuss this at rehearsal? As easy as pie. I love this bit. What, that's what that's an extraordinary... It. No, he didn't. He said it's as easy as pie. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit like Matthew Waterhouse on a DVD coach here. I'm just quoting bits that I like. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, the, the uh, he had to, poor old Richard Herndl had to be dubbed um, uh, because he, he didn't quite get pie right when he did it the first time round. So I think there's a bit of ADR goes on. Uh, and in Midnight, which I invoked earlier, of course, David Tennant and Leslie Sharp get pie and have to say it in. Yeah, uh, he's yes, he's. Uh, i You couldn't tell at the time. You can tell there's a slight, a bit like the film in Sh- from Sharda. That you can tell there's a slight change on ADR when uh, the, the the sound is slightly flatter. Um, uh, anyway. Um, but yes in midnight david Tennant and Sharp Sharp have to get it right to various points so i'm not i'm not blaming richard hurndle uh, who is much much older uh, for not getting it right and no harm done uh, uh, you don't you don't uh, john talents as the guard here i don't know what's ever become of him um, i hope he's well um, again you have got to be in the five doctors man it's great um chancellor that the lord president has disappeared would you um But yes, um, I used to quote that as easy as pie. But and I, as I say, as a as a kid, that seemed like such a clever. I don't know quite why the master has given him the solution and <laughs> what the solution is. But uh, now, I, I some people have said that this is daft because it's got the it's got the music on the painting. But I just kind of assumed. I know Davison just sort of glanced at it a couple of times that you'd know what Rassilon was playing. It's not that he's necessarily reading. Off the painting, um, again. I thought having the harp. I was a kid. Remember, I was nine when this was on. Having the harp, you know, Chekhov's, <laughs> Chekhov's harp uh, there meant that, uh, that that it was part of the solution. I remember thinking was sort of rather clever because oh yes, well I I did see the harp earlier and Bruce did put his hands on it and oh that, oh yeah that's clever because it was there all the time uh you know I I like things that are written that make a kid feel oh yeah I could have sort of seen that coming or even I did see that coming stuff that's there that's you know that's easy enough for a kid to get or for a kid to at least acknowledge when there's so much that you sort of don't quite understand because it has to be you know you have to I, I I didn't understand a lot of Doctor Who when I was this age because you don't you take a lot of it on trust um and and this was exciting, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't know Liz or Mike. I still find it slightly odd that Richard Franklin and Caroline John and Wendy Padbury and Hines are in this because I sort of don't think they are really, except of course they are. Um, and 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 it's lovely that the that you know that these actors return, but um, it's also you know quite odd to think you know they come in to do like half a dozen lines, uh, and then and then vanish. Um uh you know, I don't think of Caroline John returning to Doctor Who at all. Um but she did. Um uh, And 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 Richard Franklin. Um, him. um yeah, as I say, I I don't think in my head of Caroline John coming back to Doctor Who after season seven and yet yet there they are um, and it, it was odd because I didn't know those characters I hadn't seen I'd never seen those characters in action I, I sort of felt we didn't quite see enough of them and they didn't quite look like they did in the pictures and um, but uh, I, won, I wonder how how it was for, for the people it's a good model that isn't it and I love the fact it's still got the Doctor's rope uh, that's a nice attention to detail Um he he, he walks with a cane very well, doesn't he? He carries himself very well, Herndl. Uh, uh, and I, I I like the way that he does that. He d- does the stuff about. Can you feel forebodings? Nah, it's just it's all nonsense. <laughs> uh, nice green light on the stairs behind. Uh, little left, and this is a lovely bit of dramatic. people, because because people. There's nothing here, Thomas. Then, of course, dramatic irony. The master comes downstairs. People mock this because, um, uh, as he walks downstairs, the, the music sort of accompanies his footsteps. But I remember that being the cliffhanger for the final, you know, for episode the final cliffhanger, the episode three cliffhanger of the of the repeat version, and being delighted that it had been because I'd I just liked that as a moment. I don't know why. I just liked I liked the dramatic irony. I think of the uh, I wouldn't have used. Since, pretentious phrase when I was nine, but I liked the idea. I liked the first doctor saying, oh, everything's fine, and then the master scampering down down the stairs behind him. Uh, I spoke to Fraser Hines this morning, actually. Um, hello, Fraser. Uh, he very kindly suggested me for a, a job that I couldn't do. Um, uh, but uh, he's, he's still... I mean, he's so he's he's very well preserved, is Fraser. I mean, he passes for, you know, Jamie. I, oh, and this is so sad. I I really don't like the fact that in the War Games, Jamie and Zoe lose their memory. I don't know why that had to happen, but again, because I'd read the book, when when the Doctor does this, I was like, oh yes, of course. And I, 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 I love the fact that, again, it was something that I knew. You don't see Wendy Padbury at all, but I think it's because she's pregnant, isn't she? So she had to stand in the shadows with her bubble wrap coat. And again, I don't really think of Wendy Padbury returning to Doctor Who, but you barely get a look at her there, which I think is a real shame. I think she should have had a couple of decent close-ups. But I like how sad Troughton is when he goes, oh, shame, um, you know, that sort of slight mournfulness that he does so well. Um, something he has in common with Sylvester McCoy as well, who has a that the, they both have a sort of because they're both so sort of childish and, um, and 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 actually sort of naturally quite funny and humorous looking. Their 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 mournful countenance is 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 equally, I think, effective because of the contrast. Um, they actually share that. Um, but yes, I, I you know of course it, it makes no sense because um, they they were taken away by the Time Lords and. Uh, lost their memory in his last story so um unless of course you know so then you have to subscribe to the season 6b theory and all and all of that but that's not really let's be honest that's not what Terence Dix was alluding to this is stuff that we've all made up afterwards um Terrence was just using that as a as a nice piece of information for the doctor to have at his disposal to realize that they were that they were fakes uh, and I remember going, oh yeah, because I know that because I've read the War Games. But I still hate the fact that Zoe and Jamie lose their memories of the Doctor. Uh, it leaves a nasty taste in the mouth. But maybe that's it's supposed to, or maybe it's a metaphor for the missing episodes. Um, that's a great shot of the uh, of the big uh, mausoleum of Rassilon, um, and here we start getting them all together, which is, uh, is which is lovely. Um, and, and everyone has to sort of stand around saying hello to each other um, uh, but I think Terence Dix has very skillfully managed to bring everybody together Absolutely. and to give everybody a fair slice of the action uh, I have to <laughs> the little fellow is perfectly alright <laughs> go on push them out of the way yeah <laughs> oh he's wonderful uh oh and uh yeah uh yes i uh, yes it's a, it's a shame that Pertwee and the brigadier don't get more to do with each other because because you know they are you know he he, he was his doctor um uh typical oh yes because sarah says without a by your leave i didn't know what that meant at the time either i was uh I believe, really, yeah. I, I, but again, it's one of those phrases you don't really have now. Um, but it was one of those ones that I sort of thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I should know what that means, really. But I'm sure I'll understand when I'm older. Um, I love the way that the first Doctor, um, I, I and it's respectful actually, even though he's still he's still the youngest Doctor. The fact that it's him, uh, <laughs> Trouton's great the way he winds up Bertwee. Uh, uh, and I'm glad they got on in real life. Uh, they had good fun, didn't they? But they didn't, did they? In the, the, the fortunately, I do. Everyone does together. I love that. They didn't. Uh, I I think I think Troughton. Uh, well, Pertwee found Troughton's working methods a bit tricky on uh, the three doctors, because actually, you know, Troughton was a you know was a consummate actor, whereas Pertwee had not, you know, did not d- d- do electronic studio drama acting really prior to Doctor Who. Um, and and I think, well, look, as you know, certainly from a lot of people I've spoken to, was was actually quite nervy, and for such a confident man on water skis and, and a helicopter, actually, as a, and and you know, and and with you know dexterous voice work, um, but actually with, with 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 the with the technique of actual acting, he was a little bit nervy and unsure of himself, and. Uh, as often we do when we know everyone's unsure as ourselves, we cover that with front and bite and snark. Uh, so interesting, interesting. But actually, I think... Uh, so I think immortality, I like the way it does it. Oh, and I love the fact that the brig... I remember being so pleased, because the brigadier seemed to be a sort of senior companion in a way, and I love the fact that it's him that... Ge- that it's him that gets to punch the master, although Nicholas Courtney is actually not very good at punching. Um, uh, He he, he doesn't like bending his arm for some reason. Um, But anyway, that that was actually quite well hidden. But I love the fact that it was the Brigadier. It just has so many little bits that seem to me die. (laughs) So many little bits that seemed just sort of perfect little grace notes that Terence Dix sprinkles like a blooming expert. Um, now, is that... So, I was, I was, yeah, no, so the way that he's acting it is that's supposed to be, he's, he's now reading that tune. Whereas I, you know, the way, and I always thought that that, that picture of Rassilon, it, instead of him having a beard, it sort of looked like a skull, uh, you know, looked like sort of, you know, the, the, there's, no, there's no skin on his chops. Um, but anyway, no, it's supposed to be that he's reading the, uh, he's reading the tune. Oh, well, um, uh, this is, this is great uh, because, yeah, I have to say, I love, I love the figurines and the thing, I love the fact that he's got a, a game and action figures, um, because, you know, that's part of, 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 of the sort of enjoyment that he's having, but it's also, it's a great visual, uh, and I mean, within the confines of this story, one of the least surprising twists, I think, um, it's it's the nasally voiced uh, uh, skeleton man. Uh, yes, because Paul Jericho is dead, and it wasn't going to be Dinah Sheridan. <laughs> there wasn't anybody else. Um, uh, I I do like what um, Philip Latham does as as the, particularly as the bad Barusa. He's got this. Uh, and he's very good at the the sort of I'm a mes you know I'm made of mesmer you know I've I can I can hold people with the force of my hand but I'll give it a little little shake uh, and he's you know he's got a great face for it he's got those those wonderful sunken cheeks and and he's got that sort of villainous kind of thing um, yeah I I actually I really like Philip Latham in this I think he's yeah, again, it's the sort of performance you can only kind of do in Doctor Who—that uh, that that kind of stagey Shakespearean stuff. But um, there's a, there's a way of judging it, uh, of, of 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 making it not seem like it's uh, too much. Oh, the timeless provision Yeah, he's really sort of doing it, but he's not. There's an art to 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 being to being sort of grandiose I've reversed the polarity of the neutral level. I've only just done the sea devils I've done the two reverse the polarities of the flows. I've not explained them very well I think it's uh, there's an art to um... oh the oh yes because of course they're supposed to be different because we've seen so many different Cybermen die they've uh, they've actually uh, uh, heightened the pitch of uh, those cyber voices, so that they don't all sound the same, because the only two that talk, are the same two that talk, all the way through. Um, yeah, I. He, I, he, I love all the stuff that he does with his hands, um, and yeah, it, the, all of this stuff has its has its roots in the 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 the. the, the the classical stage I would say which informed a lot of our television acting and, and sits very neatly within Doctor Who because Doctor Who I is, is, I think is the a, is a, is a synthesis of my two great loves Shakespeare and stand-up comedy in, in a way uh, uh, in that you have to you know it has the scope of you know by, by making things universal um, which is what you know Shakespeare tragedies aren't about um you know, a bloke down the office getting divorced. There are great things happening to great people, and th- and and therefore those things resonate into the very fabric fabric of sort of, you know, space and time, if you like. Uh, uh, and and that's sort of what you need. That and 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 there are lots of words that we don't quite understand. And and Do- Doctor Who has all of that sort of stuff, and it needs that kind of acting to match it. Um, and I. And, uh, yeah and he's and he's really yeah i love the way that he does this and i love the way that davison goes i'm not going to bow down got a great hand and finger acting <laughs> I, I mean it is it is quite arch but i i like it uh and the music's really i love that ticking clock music um yeah i think he's really good Latham is. uh uh, but odd uh, because I didn't really know him as an actor. I wonder n- now, you know, you'd you'd probably but I mean they, they can't have had an awful lot of money left for the guest cast. <laughs> uh Uh I, I remember being pleased that that, that that Trouton Trouton got to do the uh I don't know why <laughs> I I like the fact that Trouton got to do the telephone call. Um I love the way that um, there's also a villainous costume of Rassilon in case you need one with whacking great gloves uh-huh. so yeah I'm very nostalgic about this I, d- I don't know what, what, what it must be like for, for, for those of you that sort of came afterwards or even for those of you that you know were a bit older than me uh, where, where you would got sort of different expectations I'd only had Tom Baker and I'd had the five faces of Doctor Who. Um so this was, you know, this was my f- yeah, so I'd seen the Crotons and <laughs> But 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 to have but to have these guys in in sort of current Doctor Who, it, it felt great, you know. And it felt you know, whenever and, and you know, the old days were seen as, you know, certainly in my eyes as as the superior time, you know. Uh now they're supposed to stand hi- still, still here, but Nicholas Courtney follows them. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it seemed like a you know affirmation of the show. But you must remember that I didn't like Davison at this point. Um, he he to me was the the bad doctor because um, he was young. It's very interesting that um, interesting um, that that nowadays you know people are. And, and it's and it's lovely but 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 people um you know younger fans uh, of you, you know are, are, are very happy because they are now getting represented by uh the doctor whether it be the the uh, you know we have a black doctor coming now or we had joe I remember somebody uh, talking to somebody recently saying how important it was to a black friend of theirs that there was joe martin uh you know had finally been a black doctor and you know you can't underestimate that sort of stuff and of course jodie whittaker is the female doctor but for me as a young person and i know it's very different but but as a young person, the youngest doctor I had no, held no interest for me whatsoever. I was, I, I, I didn't, I, it wasn't that I, 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 I needed to identify with, uh, with, with that aspect of the doctor at all. Um, I, I needed a, I needed a father figure. Is that what it is? Um, <laughs> maybe that's what it is, but I love Davison now. He's, I mean, he, he's, he's high up on my list of favorites now, but, uh, and you are the notorious. There's a there's a there's a bit that's in the special edition. Um, oh gosh, yes, because I'm used to watching the special edition. So there's a bit where Philip Latham seems to go quite Welsh. I don't think I don't know if he was. He Rassilon lives. He is immortal. Um, that's that's uh, gone. But of course, Rassilon in the special edition has had his voice treated, whereas um, he's just basically old King Cole in a kaleidoscope here. And and Richard Matthews has that sort of slightly odd enunciation. Very um, sure. I've had um, lots of cakes and ale. Uh, and I'm old King Cole. Um, uh, again, I think now... I th- I th- I, uh, yeah and isn't it wonderful that, that it's the first Doctor I find that I, I love the fact that even though he's the younger Doctor he is the senior Doctor he's the original you might say and that he and I think it's lovely as well for Herndl because he's the one actor that isn't strictly speaking the Doctor gets to solve it and I that just seems right to me it seems respectful and kind both within and without the drama I'm very happy with it Immortality. Uh, I remember seeing Richard Matthews in a BBC Shakespeare and going, "I think I know." Oh, and then he went something like, Yes, hello, I am a thing. I went, "Oh yeah," but I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. Whereas now, of course, you know, you would offer that to the most famous actor in the world. You'd go, "You only have to come in for an afternoon." Um, you, you know, we'll we'll film we'll film you in front of a curtain and you can go go home for your tea. But again, the, uh, this was. This was genius. This was the sort of thing that I love. That image of the of the of the of the, the, the faces, but you know, set in stone. Um, but I remember thinking that was so clever when I was a kid. That's a great shot as well. The fact that Barusa, um, you know, turns around and vanishes, but he's in front of. The plinth that's been laid ready for him. That that uh, I love the fact that you they temporarily come alive just when somebody else is about to be stuck in there. Well, they're a bit like the paving stone in Love and Monsters, aren't they? Actually, <laughs> they could you could stick you stick Shirley Henderson next to them. I love the way Patrick trout hides behind John Pertwee. What a glorious man he is. Um, but yeah, you you you. I know. Uh, 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 now this this doesn't quite fit in um you know for anyone who'd been any in any doubt about the beginning bits uh would have then gone even though it's lovely that the staff gets stuck in the door you sort of go um yeah no that doesn't tie in with what we've had before remotely uh, and i think there's a nice bit in the book isn't there where it says his eyes sort of or if i imagine that but it's that he, he slightly lingers before he vanishes but yes i i i remember being very cross that um You've chosen wisely, Doctor. I'll get to why I was cross. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I I remember as a kid, you know, the, thinking how clever this was. And, of course, it's not remotely clever at all. He who wins shall lose and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's really simple. But as a kid, it's one of those. It's like when you read about sort of Greek riddles or whatever um, in, in, you know, his history books or puzzle books or whatever. Anything that you had a... Chance in hell of getting, and then when you learnt the answer, you remembered the riddle and thought was really, really clever. Um, you know, it was those sort of, you know, their brain exercise, aren't they? Their brain food. Their, they 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 nurture your, you know, your reasoning and intelligence and, and even your sense of humour. Um, and you know, a, a sentence that has a double meaning that the doctor saw through is, uh, you know, is is perfect. I mean they they needn't have been there Let, let's be honest um if they hadn't you know if, if they hadn't been there lord president bruce would have claimed immortality and would have been stuck as a head in a plinth but i i still think that's a wise you know decision by dicks fancy pants um uh are you all the scarecrow mate uh um uh you know, I think I think it was wise to keep it th- fairly simple and to give us what we wanted, which was lots of lovely banter between the different characters. But the banter is of a different character depending on who the people are, because Terence Dix knows these people so well. Or if he doesn't, he's just very adept at writing in their voices. It's it's a it's a better piece of script writing than it seems, I think, because it's obviously a, a sort of fairly straightforward board game essentially but the re- the way that he keeps it going and keeps you interested and has so many memorable lines and set pieces and nods to the past and gives everybody different bits to do um, but i remember being furious with davison saying i'm certainly not the man i was thank goodness ago you're not fit to lick their boots you are the new doctor you must be Nicer and more deferential to the old doctors because the past is better and everything new and that is close to me and like me and in my lifetime is awful because of self-loathing. Blah, <laughs> um, I, I, There's something about the way that the guards sort of march around. It's quite funny. Ah... Um, uh, uh, but Davison's Davison's not unlike Troughton with the sort of slightly, he, he's slightly sort of schoolboyish, isn't he as well? I haven't really thought about that before. Um, and that's that's. I think that's, and again, I think that's quite a nice touch that they decide to make the doctor president. <laughs> Um, you know that's you know again it's, it's 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 and of course the doctor does that very again very clever thing of outwitting her with the with the the power that she has bestows her he does that brilliantly i'm president i am not <laughs> uh yes so he, he that's a really brilliantly doctory thing to do Uh, and it totally works. It's a lovely, neat little wheeze, that, at the end. Um, I love the five doctors. I've got to choose five things about it. Bernard, shush, shush, shush. It's just the TARDIS. Bernard has just woken up. Um, So unless there's some Cybermen outside trying to break in, uh, but I think Bernard... Bernard, shush! Bernard, shush! Sorry. Um, uh, He's obviously sensed that there's something in the air. I don't think there's any cybermen outside um i i like the way that mark strickson thinks the cybermen will be furious bernard shush um and it's it's quite a contrived little bit of dialogue at the end but it kind of works i like it uh i i, I like the fact that they uh have the old theme and the new theme as well i think that's lovely um uh, but yeah, it's 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 quite a contrived piece of uh, uh, exchange at the end. But it gives us that how it's all, how it all started. Why not? Ah, um, uh, oh. so yes, I very much like uh, the five Doctors. It, it's it's got so much nostalgia from me. I haven't actually watched uh, this version, as I said, for for a very very long time. Bits. Actually, that some bits actually surprised me slightly because um, I was expecting a sound cue or a line delivery that is actually uh, from the special edition. But and that's that shows how my memory has sort of warped over time because the, there was a, a, a very long time where every single music cue every single plink every plonk every line i mean i you know i could i could quote it verbatim and i could anticipate you know every look every breath um and i was actually quite surprised that some bits there i was like oh no that's not what i was expecting whereas you know not that long ago i.e 30 years ago um (laughs) because i still think of this as quite recent uh you know, that, that you know, I would have anticipated all of those things. Um, I haven't even begun to think about my favorite things. Well, a couple that occurred to me, so let's get them out of the way quickly Troughton and um, the Brigadier, um, Troughton and Courtney, the second Doctor and the Brigadier. The, the, their scenes, I think, are the best. Um, their banter is the best. I think Terence Dix writes them so wittily. You know, the not exactly Brigadier, it's his tomb. All of that uh, considerably more than you do, Brigadier. Just the way that Troutman bashes him on the arm as if say, "Come on, let's go on a jaunt." I I love the pair of them. I could watch them forever. And it's funny because I love Troutman uh, and Levine in. Uh, the three doctors and that's a totally different dynamic but Troughton has a great way of infectiously bouncing off people as he does with with Fraser slash Jamie um, I love him so much and I and I, and the Brigadier is a great foil Nicholas Courtney is a wonderful straight man he is a very giving actor in that sense in that he is you, you know he's prepared to be the, the wall that you lean on if you like um, I love him too I love the well I, love, I mean I love everyone in this i mean i could just choose i could just choose the five doctors couldn't i that would be the that would be the honorable way to do it would be to choose the five doctors um, but i'm not i'm going to i'm going to purely i'm not going to try and intellectualize this or 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 even do what i think is right i'm going to go i'm just going to go with what pops into my head really so number 1 is definitely Trout and the uh, and, and and the brigadier number 2 is uh, the Cyber Massacre, you know, slash the rest on Warrior Robot. But even, you know, even all that Free Sarah Jane if you move with it. Lo- I think those arrows were great. You know, they they looked like they were going at the speed of light when you were when I was a kid. The, the, the Just the inventive deaths, the, the hand clench, the sick, the chopping their heads off, and even the start of it because I knew when it was coming because it started with the reflection of the Cyberman in the water and you knew, oh, we're now going to get a sequence where everyone's going to get, you know, uh, smashed to bits, <laughs> glorious, and just that simple effect of the—you know—it's a man in a silver one piece who jumps, and then there's a cut. But it all works really, really well. It's a brilliant sequence. It's—it's—it's it's, it's definitely the best directed sequence uh, in in the whole uh, episode, I think. Um, okay, so they're my two main ones uh i i like the fact that it's the first doctor that gets it i mean as i say it's completely topsy-turvy because he's the youngest doctor but i and especially in the way that we are now and maybe it's because of my no because i thought this as a kid as well um did I ever think the older generation were old farts? Because I know that I'm distinctly aware that <laughs> that, 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 but it's because I've got kids that um, the younger generation think of older people as, uh, you know, people who don't know anything. Uh, I I quite like that respect um, for for your elders thing, and uh, and uh, and as I say, but it's also because Herndl within the drama is not made to feel like the imposter. But by being the one that works out the the riddle, I think that's a really nice touch. I think I explained it in the episode, um, so I like the fact that it's the first Doctor who uh, works out the um, the uh, you know the, the 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 secret, as it were. Um, I mean, I could choose any tiny bits of Trouton's performance. I could choose any tiny bits of Elizabeth Sladen's um, performance too, just those little bits that she does. Um, so that's three. So I've got... I've got those. Uh, um, he says, he, I said I was going to go on instinct and now I'm thinking about it way too hard. Um, I mean, the, the use of sharder is very, very clever. Uh, I I do like the tick tock tick tock tick tock incidental music. I do like that. I do like Barusa's board game. I like Philip Latham. Uh I like Anthony Ainley capering down the stairs with the music going plinkety plonkety. Um, what, what now? Oh, now Chris is Chris is good on the old special effects too. Uh. So I wonder if he's going to choose like the matte painting of Ressalon <laughs> or the glass painting of Ressalon or whatever it's called. Um. Oh, I like the scene between the fifth Doctor and the Master and then the Cybermen coming down. And then the zap. you know, the after you, the Zap, the, the, the Doctor then not being able to leave his stricken enemy uh, and then... Oh, and the Alice line, and then that you know not today, thank you, or whatever you know uh, he says at the end, or any when he, when he uh, then transmats to Gallifrey. It's all very important to the plot. I like the fact that they've got Susan out, even though she then has to go back in the TARDIS and stay there. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I love yeah, I love that scene, and, and I like the the sort of the Cybermen coming down, and and I notice it for the first time because I'm watching it on the big screen. The fact that as they're coming down, David Banks is at the top you know, standing on a hill brilliantly. Um, yeah, so the scene between the fifth Doctor and the Master. Um, so that's a nice little nod to uh, the Master. And do you know what? Because he gets so much stick, but I think it's a really important part of the story. And And because you can't kill any of the returning... You know, rate, it would be a bit bit mean to bring back uh, uh, Susan and then kill her. Do you know what I mean? That would leave a really nasty taste in the mouth. There has to be some uh, some cost to all of this, and uh, one of the costs is that Barusa, who we previously liked, is the bad guy. But I d- I don't really like that, and that's not because I think it's a a, a mistake. I'm I, I supposed I guess not to like it, but I still. Don't like it. I would rather Barusa had stayed a goodie. but of course that's why it's a twist. And it and it is, you know, I've read Terence Dicks justifying it. It makes perfect sense, but I still don't like it. And I think Philip uh, Latham is great. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Paul Jericho um, because I think the death of the Castellan is is you know it's a turning point of the drama. I think he does the. You know, I remember reading in the, you know, in the book, I think, you know, it said, you know, when he sees the Black Scrolls, he, you know, he looks really haunted or something. And you can see all of that in his performance. Uh, And I like the way he does the hands thing. I like the way he dies with his eyes open. I like his delivery of most of his lines. And I do think he's a very memorable character. And so that his death actually means something. And because he gets so much stick for No, Not the Mind Probe. and, And he does really make a pause up of the unanimous line. But, so his first line and his last line, but OK, but everything in between. And I, as a kid, I did really feel that. And it, it felt like a great cost because I was pleased to see him come back because he'd been, you know, one of the best things about Ark of Infinity. Um, yeah, oh, damn it. I'm going to give it to Paul Jericho. Um, oh, but that means I haven't done the music I do like the music, but I never quite like the horn. I always, I, I, I don't know why, because it's a great motif, but I, I don't know. I just always, I always just thought it sounded French. <laughs> I just that. I know nothing about music, but I just remember. Yeah, I love the tick tock, tick tock, and I love the woo, the music. It's a really good score, but I never quite like the horn. I don't know why, um, and I and I love it now because it's sort of memorable and evocative, but uh, I'm, so much of me is, is, is judging this through the eyes of the kid. Do I go for Paul Jericho or do I go for the music? I'm going to go for Paul Jericho. I don't care. I'm going to go for the Castellan. I'm, I'm sorry, the music. I, the music is for I, I love the tick, the, the clocky music. Oh, and I love the board game as well. I think that's beautiful. I love all the kidnaps. I love Pertwee Corner. No, I've gone for what I've gone for. Doesn't matter. I never win. Uh, I'm sure this isn't really what you listen for. Uh, so, what has Chris chosen?
1: So, without further ado, um, firstly, I like to choose Terence Dix because he oh! had the seemingly impossible task of getting the surviving doctors and um, the companions and the villains and monsters all together and weaving it into some kind of coherent story. Um, so the fact that it turns out as well as it did, I mean, you know, hats off to Terence for doing such an excellent job. It's just like a big party and celebration of the show. So, so well done. Um,
0: I deserve to lose everything. Um, because yes there was I scratching around in such a brilliant story that's got so much to celebrate about it and it's a celebration in itself and I've talked about how brilliantly Terence Dix does you know uh, opting for a simple story but 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 uh, you know um, sprinkling all those lovely little grace notes juggling the characters so well orchestrating the action brilliantly having loads of stuff that's you know, that you can latch on to as a kid. Terence Dix, who is, a, as I say, we, we've we talked about as a as a script editor and as just a legendary figure who towers over all Doctor Who as we know it. And I remember as a kid, it just seeming so right that his name was on it as a writer um, because he'd written all the books, you know. Terence Dix is definitely, I should definitely have to- chosen Terence Dix above some of the things. I, I should have chosen Terence Dix first. Chris has chosen absolutely the right thing first. I am an idiot. I would I mean I'd resign from this podcast were it were I not it. <laughs> uh, I deserve to lose this. Um for those of you that can't see by the way because Chris has done a video, um he has got a pineapple <laughs> on his video. Uh, this is part of his um backdrop, his four poster bed backdrop. Um I'm so sorry I didn't choose Terrence Sticks of course I should have chosen Terence Dix. Um, I love Terence Dix. He was such a nice man. Um, and such a great ambassador for doctor who, who turned out to every event that he could, you know, quite often he, he had in mind what he was going to say and he blooming well said it, but, uh, he he had no grandness about him at all. I loved his description of himself to his kids. His kids said, "Are you famous?" And he said, "Yes, but only to a very small amount of people." <laughs> uh, he had uh, he had such a brilliant sense of humour, and he was so he made me cry once at Gallifrey, and I can't I can't even remember exactly what he said, but we were talking, and he said something about how. When he first met me at the, the at, 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 a, at a commentary, and you know, and and you know, seeing you now doing this and all that sort of thing, and it was just, I was with my ex ex wife again as well, and we, we sort of went into a corner, and I had tears in my eyes. She said, "What's happening?" I said, "Terence Dix just said something really lovely to me," uh, and I, and, oh gosh, yeah, oh, I'm so lucky to spend time with these people. And then there was the other time I sat on a, was that in Chicago as well? I was I was on a panel there was it was. Myself, Lisa Bowman, and Terence Dix. So I think it was, who's left? <laughs> and um, uh, and he said the phrase, John Nathan-Turner couldn't sell whelks. <laughs> Which I thought was joyous. I love you, Terence Dix. I wish I'd chosen Terence Dix. Um, I'm an idiot.
1: Secondly, I think I'd like, it's a bit of a broad one, this, but it's difficult to pin down uh, particular moments. but. I'd like, I'd like to choose the interplay between the actors um, because it works so well, the way the um, companions interact with the doctors and the doctors with each other, um, the pairings of, of Sarah Jane and the third doctor. Um, I particularly am fond of um, the interplay between uh, Patrick Troughton and Nick Courtney um, so the, the second Doctor and the, the Brig, I think I, I, think Patrick Tramp steals a lot of uh, the scenes in the special. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit broad, but I'd like to to chuck that in.
0: Uh, hmm, I might be allowed a bit of a point for that, because although he t- t- chose the interplay, he did specify, you know, Troughton and Courtney as the king of it. But then again, even if I deserve... A, a, a smattering of a point for that I deserve to have it taken away from me for not choosing Terence sticks, so <laughs> I will leave this process with nothing and that's thoroughly deserved for an idiot I some it's very odd this because as quite often happens, I'll scrabble around for something I don't know why I mean this is essentially live <laughs> you know this um and then the person will say something like, I go, yes, of course, that's really obvious. It's funny how your sort of mouth and brain let you down when you're in the thick of it. This is why the Doctor is such a, a wonderful character because um, the Doctor knows how to choose the right thing as proved in The Five Doctors. What has Chris chosen? Probably something really obvious that
1: I haven't mentioned. Um, and Then I think I'm going to pick... Um... One of, I think, one of the most impressive visual effect sequences in the show's history, which is the um, Raston warrior robot massacring um, the cyber leader and troops. Um, I feel this was really well executed, forgive the pun. Um, Some even some ghastly moments in there, like the, the cyber milk um, but yeah, that's a standout action sequence from, from classic series history. I think so. I'd like to pop that one in. Um.
0: Yeah, cyber milk. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, do you know what? I'm uh, I'm going to stop self-flagellating now. I have a point. Um, I I'm in one meaning of that sentence, and not in the other. I've got a point for choosing the cyber massacre. So I will, I will emerge with a little bit of dignity because uh, I'm sure Chris will now choose two things that I didn't think of. But I could still actually win at this stage. And
1: I think if I had to pick a line, I'm going to pick the obvious one. So you should be able to guess this. I'm going to go for um, the Castellan played by Paul Jericho um, with no, not the mind probe. Sorry, apologies, that was not a very good rendition of the line.
0: Oh, no, hang on. I chose... I mean, I chose the Castellan. And I did choose the Brigadier. I think... Am I going to win or am I going to lose? Well, he who wins loses. um, Because I've got... I mean, I've got, as I say, number two I got a sort of bit of, didn't I? Number three, definitely spot on. Number four, I mean, you know... I said, "All right." I said, "Paul Jericho slash the Castellan," but he, he he specified a bit that Paul Jericho the Castellan does. I, yeah, you know, I mean, a benevolent uh, uh, judge of this, a benevolent disembodied old King Cole head uh, with 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 some disco lights uh, driving past him might might. Uh, M- might say i'm doing very well here H- having i mean if 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 i'd gone for the re- if i'd gone for the one i should have done at the beginning i think i would now be cruising to victory anyway number 5 um and then finally
1: i think i'm going to pick um the score to the five doctors and the end credits theme arrangement because from that gallifreyan horn sound um i feel that uh, right right through to the um end to end credits with the mashup of the 60s and the then current 80s Peter Howell version of the theme um, is just um, so well done and a nice nod to the series history as well. Um, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoy it Toby and um, to everyone out there watching and listening um, stay safe and see you on the flip side. Thank you.
0: Ah uh, yes, that is because um, Chris was talking in a time of COVID, of great plague. Um, I'll tell you what it was about the the horn. I didn't like. It sounded like when people used to make music out of blowing into two bits of paper. Did people do that, or have I just dreamt that? They'd make a sort no, or in blades of grass. Um, yeah, I don't like. I don't know why I don't like the horn. I just don't like the horn. I love the rest of it. And to be fair, if if I had chosen the score, I wouldn't have chosen Paul Jericho. So I'm not going to sort of go, oh, so near and yet so far. I always like yeah. Anyway, let's not get into that. But yes, um, but I, I still did okay there. But I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I uh, part of me thinks I should have chosen the score because I, I, I like a, a lot of the elements of it very, very much. And I think it's excellent dude i i i love the the sort of kidnappy music and that certainly that stuff in the early piece where you know where he's placing the pieces on the on the board and all of that i think that's really evocative and the chase you know when everyone gets chased oh and then yeah the music at pertwee corner Do, no 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 um so yeah it's a great score i just there's something about the 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 sort of yeah the uh the blade of grass horn that uh, i don't know I, I don't know anything about music so it's not a criticism um. Uh, but yes I should have remembered Terence Diggs and thanks to Chris yes who was talking I think he recorded that during COVID times out of which we hopefully have pretty much emerged but I chose the 20th anniversary special um, for Happy Times and Places number 50 Um, because it made a certain sort of sense to me, and because nobody... Well, somebody has chosen uh, the 50th anniversary special, but they haven't recorded their contribution to it yet, and they have a very good excuse, so that's fine. Um, But I wanted to do some some sort of landmark, and to me, this was a great landmark. This was... It just seemed like Doctor Who was, was, you know, such a part of the cultural furniture um, and, and it has that added thing of I'd, I'd missed it and some people had gone to the effort because my Doctor Who thing was deemed worth making a, a, an effort, a sort of sacrifice or, or, or at least just some time, some energy towards me, which was lovely um, and I didn't feel was always the case. Um, and, 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 and so, yeah, in fact, anything that was sort of done for me sort of special as a kid... Um, and I was sort of bashed from pillar to post out of necessity cause, cause mum was a bit stuck and I was the youngest and sort of least capable and we didn't have any money. And, and so, yeah, there was various, there was, there was necessities that needed to be done involving where I was, and what I did so that, so yeah, my, my, my other needs, I sometimes felt, uh, uh you know, was subservient to the practical necessity. So whenever anything actually was done for me, it was, it, it, it revolved around Doctor Who. That was, and, and it seemed, wow, so Doctor Who must be special if that's the thing that, that people will go out of their way to a sort of arrange on my behalf. Um, and, and thereafter, actually, um, our local vicar, um, who was one of the first people we actually knew, knew as opposed to some, you know, somebody at school. Um, uh, uh, had a video, and he used to record Doctor Who from season twenty-one. And uh, on the brief period I was at home, m- I would be taken to the vicar's house on the Sunday, and we'd watch the two episodes of Doctor Who from that week. Um, except for Frontios, where uh, he didn't record episode; he taped over episode two by accident. I remember not not seeing Frontios episode two and Caves of Andrazani where we couldn't go the first weekend, so I watched that. The whole thing in one go. Oh, my God, that was exciting. Um, so there we go. So, um, gosh, I'd forgotten a lot of those things that came out of my mouth until I said them. That's the wonderful thing about Doc Two. It's such a tool for nostalgia. And, you know, for Chris, his nostalgia is... Actually, after the event, his nostalgia is, is watching it as a, as a VHS. I'm sure there's somebody else out there whose nostalgia is getting the DVD and watching, what, one, two versions of it and then each version with a different commentary and blah-de-blah. But I got quite nostalgic about the commentary with Helen Rayner, Phil Collinson and David Tennant because that seemed another sort of part of 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 doctor who being part of the fabric of everywhere because that's what it was at that time but it was it was lovely that the, the the modern show was giving affirmation to the old show in a in the same way as i felt the five doctors was important because the old show of the, the doctors of yore and the companions of yore were giving affirmation to the new show the the sort of peter davison era the doctor who that i was old enough to watch so it it you know and i i, I don't think doctor who behoves itself when it when it when it gets too self-referential too often but I think it's absolutely allowed to at those key times uh and actually you know the more you eke it out the more special it is when it happens and because it had only really happened with the three doctors um and I suppose there were yeah there were all those references in season 20 but it just seemed yeah it just it just seemed very very special and the celebration and the twentieth anniversary radio time special—it was just a very special time to be a Doctor Who fan, and I—I I count myself lucky that, um, yeah, my blossoming as a fan was at a time when all of this stuff was was out there and available, and I think it it, it gave great foundations for the edifice you see in here before you now, um, yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Chris. Very nice fellow who I haven't seen in far too long. So nice to connect. Uh, Good choice of story. I love The Five Doctors. Um, I can never quite sort of place it in the canon, really. It's such a sort of separate entity for me because, as I say, I was so familiar with it for so long. And, and yet, it was sort of removed from my normal experience of the program. So I still never quite, you know, and any score I ever gave it would 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 not be would not be objective at all. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 a much more subjective experience than perhaps a lot of other Doctor Who's because it's 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 anchored in so many different other parts of my life more so than than all the story the other stories that surrounds it. I suppose because it's a celebration in and of itself as well anyway i've spoken far too long i'm sorry bernard got spooked at the end there i hope the cybermen um aren't waiting outside oh god i've just seen the the clock counter it's um it's it's quite a long one this uh so uh, I, i hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast big isn't it Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest was Chris Cassell, who can be found on Twitter at ChrisCassell81. Cassell is two S's, two L's. I'm very grateful to him, and also... To the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Duncan Harvey, Luke Atkins, Peter Adamson, John Arnold, Kevin Ashelford, James Bell, Will Brooks, Rick Byatt, Robin Bland, Alex Capujoglu, Paul Carnahan, Andy Case, John Curley, Mark Dakin, John Ellidge, Sam Esturam, Gary Gillett, James Gould, Lisa C. Greco, David Green, Fraser Gregory, Paul Gregory, Dave Hoskin, Richie Howarth. Andrew Jordan, Ashley Knight, Clive Lewis, Guy Lambert, James Lark, Gavin McLean, David Mathewman, John McClay, Ross McPhillips, Stuart Mitchell, Nathan Moore, and Matthew Newton. The music is by Dave Gates. The artwork, Dylan Patterson. Oh, if you would like to join that list of names, then you can do so by becoming a patron. Being mentioned in the credits is just one of the perks, which also include bonus material, exclusive releases um, and much, much earlier access to the podcasts wherever you're listening to this uh, well wherever i can't change that i can't alter the even patrons i can't i can't mean can't make you listen to it in a castle or miami you listen to it wherever you are but whenever i can do i can do time not space um because if you're a patron you get these a good six months in advance of the releases because for non-patrons because patrons get something three times a week well I mean something with my voice on it three times a week uh, because you also get something on the Tuesdays which is a picture of my dog but I know that's not a deal breaker although it is worryingly the favourite thing of a lot of people and I thought I was the draw so yes become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke a monthly commitment is an extraordinary thing to ask anybody to do in these times of great financial difficulty Kofi is a place where you can pop a few pennies in uh, whenever you're so inclined without any commitment whatsoever but even that i know is difficult but what costs you nothing is to go to itunes and to give these five stars and some nice reviews which really helps spread the word And you can also avail yourself of, well, my day job, really. I'm a stand-up comic. I run a comedy club in Manchester called Excess Malarkey. That's on Twitter, at Excess Malarkey. It's on Twitch TV. Uh, All the shows that we did when we couldn't do live shows because of, uh, well, being locked in due to plague. uh, On twitch.tv forward slash Excess Malarkey, there's an archive of all the worldwide comedians that uh, did some great work for us, spreading happiness as the world was in the grip of Quite a lot of unpleasantness. But we're back live every Tuesday in Manchester at 8pm, so uh, if you can get to us, please do. But if not, twitch.tv forward slash Um. Now, having shouted at poor old Bernard to be quiet, because there was nothing out there, um. well... Apart from the fact the front door was open when I went to bed, and it had certainly been closed when I started the commentary, and there was nobody else who could possibly have opened the door. So, like like the door, like the entrance to Rassilon's tomb, it opened on its own. How spooky is that? Very spooky is the answer, very spooky indeed.